This week we're going to bring you a recurring, uh, the first of a recurring series here of civic reports, the trans narrative civic report. We want to make sure that you're informed about the current legislation that's going on in states around you and your state if you're in the United States. Uh, we want to make sure that you've got the right tools to prepare uh, for any kind of conversations you might need to have with your loved ones about what this means to you or if you might need to, to move on. Well, this is not going to be a, a long-standing segment, but we do want to make sure that we are covered and informed on all of the legal proceedings as we move forward. Hopefully, each of these will meet a brick wall. Uh, so with us today is Elliot uh, to discuss some of the uh, laws that are being proposed and moving forward and what has moved forward. I'm Elliot with the Transformations Project, reporting today with the Trans Narrative Podcast. What have we seen uh, in the United States this week? So within the United States this week, as per usual with this uh, legislative year, we have a long wave of anti-trans legislation. Some of the more major ones have come from Florida and Texas that I want to highlight. Uh, Florida S0254 is rather alarming for our regards. This is what I'm calling a kidnapping bill. In essence, what this bill would do, uh, if you are affirming to a trans child or if a child is quote at risk of transitioning they could be put into uh state-sponsored care put into the foster system uh being at risk of transitioning also includes having a trans guardian or a trans sibling and where this gets alarming is that this also feeds into custody custody deals that belong to other states and if you are not a resident of the state Let's say you are a parent with a trans child and you would like to visit the state of Florida. That, If this bill were to pass, you would be putting that child at risk of going into the foster system and losing all custody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's a very impactful even for people who are on vacation. So uh, trans kids can't go to Disney World. <laughs> Is that pretty much what we're hearing from Ron DeSantis? Pretty much. Disney World is off limits. And even if they're not trans, if you yourself are trans and have a child who might be cisgendered, the term at risk of transitioning is so vague and loose. It can be applied even if children are just gender nonconforming or don't abide by strict gender roles. Or let's say it comes down to like um, enforcing specific manners of dress or, you know, uh, if we have to be this masculine in order to qualify for our kids not being kidnapped, I think that's pretty frightening for anybody, right? Uh, to have to have like a specific gender role to live up to. How would they enforce that? There, that's the tricky part about bills like this. There is no consistent way to enforce this. It is pretty much at will of whatever legislative body or law enforcement see fit, whether it is an actual child who is coming out as trans or just someone whose daughter cut their hair maybe a little too short. They can either fly under the radar, best case scenario, or be snatched up by the foster system. There's no widespread way to enforce this equally which is where it's its most sinister it's case by case so like we're guaranteed equal treatment under the law and this seems to seek to discriminate against people on their pre-established conditions or just you know existence their identity uh, but not only that their potential identity uh, kids would be kidnapped for being at risk which means just the mere potential of them being 
uh, able to transition is reason enough then to alienate children from their parents. It seems like there's a lot of holes in this law and it's really overstepping a lot of boundaries for something that's really, really fundamental. Have we had much opposition then from the, the legislative branch to, to combat this bill from going through? There hasn't been a lot of opposition as this bill is rather new, but it has been making its way. There's been counter protest and opposition, of course, but Florida is one of the states that's been introducing a widespread amount of anti-trans legislation. So while I personally, as someone who educates on legislative action, I don't see this one passing, but that doesn't mean that other anti-trans bills in the state won't pass. Um, Florida is an apologies. Florida is not exactly uh, spearheading the pro-trans movement. Uh, no, not in any sense, really. They've also passed forward measures uh, through the Senate to restrict for uh, employment for teachers based off of their status as transgender as well. Um, that's another area where enforcement of that, if you have somebody applying from across the state where the birth certificate reads female, how would it, you know, or female or male, if it if it's already been changed, what would they do to try and subpoena enforces like that? Interstate difficulties would, of course, go to Supreme Court. So those are bills that would be to watch if they do get pushed through in states uh, and they come across resistance and that does go through the Supreme Court, it could potentially rewrite the basis for some of the laws we have on some of these other issues. Uh, what else do we have going on in the U.S.? Yeah, also in Florida, uh, they continue to target education, like you mentioned. Florida House Bill 999 is one that caught my attention. Among other things, the bill would ban all collegiate majors and minors that require any subjects related to critical race theory, gender studies, and intersectionality intersectionality. It would also prohibit gen ed core courses from including critical race theory, among other things. And while this bill isn't necessarily anti-trans solely, it does have the gender studies element within it. So mm -hmm. if they are able to target the education system at its root, it would just perpetuate the cycle of anti-trans legislation. So this is like at the higher levels of education, not like looking at sex ed for, you know, uh, high school or, or you know, uh, other education for, for state funding necessarily, but for like even college material. Is that right? Yes, this bill would be for collegiate material, though Florida has been known to target K through 12 schooling as well. Uh, absolutely. And they're trying to expand on that with another, I think that's Senate Bill 1233. Uh, down to uh, pre-K as well and up to uh, 12th grade for some subjects. Um, but also just speaking at the ability for our educators to learn about gender studies at all, uh, seems like it's pretty pretty broad area of subject to draw boundaries on. Um, yeah, so, so interfering in education like that has been kind of uh, in Florida's uh, bucket list, I guess you might call it, as they're racing to the bottom of, of a lot of different uh, supportive features for, for their uh, education, for people in marginalized groups, and for people who are representing, honestly, like almost a majority minority state uh, like that. Uh, so obviously we've got to watch for intersectional, uh, how that can impact uh, multiple people, uh, multiple groups of, of uh, marginalized groups as well. So what else have we seen going on? Yeah, we could take a second to jump out of Florida and go to an even better state, which is Texas. Uh, Texas HB, <laughs> better depending on who you ask. I guess. <laughs> Texas HB 643 
is uh, proposed in making its way through the legislative rounds, and it's looking to define drag as a sexually oriented business, which that's where it gets dicey because th with this bill, they have to define what drag is. Uh, I have a direct quote of what they define drag is. It is, quote, a performance in which a performer exhibits a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup, or other physical markers and sings, lip syncs, dances, or otherwise performs before an audience for entertainment. That is That would describe big. me. I'm not a drag performer. I've never done drag. Uh, but if I went down to Texas and tried to perform under that law... Um, if you got my birth certificate from Missouri, then you could do something about that legally. So what would happen? Yeah, uh, this Texas is very, very strict about sexually oriented businesses, as in they usually have to charge a fee at the door, uh, ID for anyone under 18 and include uh, markers for human trafficking in the bathrooms. But they are very strict when it comes to fines if you break the rules, specifically the under 18 rules. And this bill gets dicey even within the schools itself. I personally can think of many instances, especially in elementary school, where they put on musicals or theater performances where they might not have enough male students audition. So they have a girl play the lead Peter Pan, perhaps. Or there's even that one uh, Shakespeare piece, which has uh, the girl masquerading as a man that would be defined as drag and therefore sexually explicit and not for minors, even though I read that piece in high school. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, but like all Shakespeare's works really could be considered works of drag art because uh, at the theater at the time, it would have been required for men to dress in women's roles in order to perform those plays. So uh, it's really erasing not just, you know, uh, trans history, but like also kind of uh, all of our history, cisgender history as well. So uh, do we see forward momentum going on that or do we see resistance against that? There's a decent amount of forward momentum. This has been a part of the anti-trans, anti-drag wave that we've been seeing in the South. So this one, in my personal opinion, is likely to go the distance and potentially pass into law. All right, gotcha. So that one uh, potentially could uh, harm its neighbors to my my south. Uh, the whole Midwest does kind of look like a pretty uh, big red block trying to restrict our, our means of, of travel and even uh, employment at times. Well, do we have any positive news happening? We do have some positive news from Michigan and New Mexico. So Michigan is a surprising one. Despite being the first state to severely limit drag show performances, they just added explicit LGBTQ plus protections into anti-discrimination law. Awesome. Yeah. So that means that uh, in particular, we would not be able to discriminate against people. Employers would not be able to in order to remove people from employment or from uh, from ho housing. Is that correct? Yeah. Employment and housing are the big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, so it would be put up there with ethnicity, disability, veteran status, and it is explicitly codified gender identity and sexual orientation. And this is like a Title IX protection then for the whole state. Is that right? 
Correct. I've also read that they expanded on some of the coverage for Medicare, Medicaid for uh, facial feminization surgery and some other uh, gender affirming care. Uh, do you have any more details on that? Yeah. So I actually don't have too many details on that. I apologize. That's all right. You, no, you don't have to say that. You're just ruining my vacation up to uh, do a temporary citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> in Michigan. Ah, damn. No worries. That's all right. Uh, so what's happening out of New Mexico? Is that the same sort of protection bills that we're seeing there? Yeah. New Mexico has something really interesting. Uh, the governor, as of recording, today is the 18th, uh, signed in the Reproductive and Gender Affirming Health Care Act. What this bill does is it protects abortions, hormone replacement ther therapy, and a wide array of gender affirming surgeries from local government restrictions. So these can be processed through Medicare and Medicaid and local authorities can't put restrictions or bans on these. Oh, that's excellent. And of course, a lot of people like with private insurance as well would be affected by this if their coverage dictates that it would cover whatever Medicare or Medicaid covers locally. Uh, so those are some really great expansive uh, kinds of bills. There's also been uh, other, you know, uh, wording as far as like refugee bills and things like that. Any other news to report on the positive side of things so far? Yeah, I believe California is working on becoming a refugee state, if not already is a refugee state for transgender individuals, which even though Cal California themselves have had anti-trans bills proposed within their state legislature, they've been really spearheading the transgender safety in the United States. All right. Uh, yeah, definitely. So we, we've got these options for like states to try and protect. And uh, honestly, there are like local different pockets of resistance that are kind of showing up even in the red states. Uh, we've got in Missouri here, uh, various laws passing through kind of descriptive of the same thing with uh, education or drag bans and as well as that uh, banning youth and gen gender affirming care for youth. Um, a lot of these things that happen uh, will have, you know, waves of resistance and buildup, and then, you know, also sometimes they'll have uh, a bill that will pass through quietly without much seeming resistance. Have you seen any tactics uh, like by the right to try and push back or push through these uh, laws into effect uh, without any proper reading? Yeah, so I am currently blanking on which states have done these, but I've seen this in multiple states. Kentucky uh, was one I know. Yeah, uh, they would often add anti-trans remarks or rulings within bills disguised as women's rights bills or gender equality bills. So upon a quick glance, it would seem phenomenal. But some of these bills would specifically combine sex and gender to equal the same thing, disallow um, your sex assigned at birth to be changed on birth certificates and gender markers. And also some of them even have very strict gender roles. Uh, they'll include definitions for male and female that just don't make sense, like saying that males are bigger, stronger, faster, and women are fertile and, and have the ability to give birth which not only enforce inaccurate gender roles, but also codify infertile people out of existence. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty worrying language, but they don't seem to be very careful about how their wording goes. Um, 
I've seen some of the uh, legislators who have brought up bills on the floor for various state houses, noting just how much it is a cut and paste with even segments missing from certain bills upon submission. Uh, so uh, there, there's a lot of the rush that we, we can see in the legislature, and uh, there have been also efforts to uh, filibuster in Missouri, Nebraska as well. Have you seen any other words of encouragement out of some of our legislatures re representing uh, us as a pro-trans? Yes, if you give me a moment, there is a specific legislator representative who has been filibustering I believe for two weeks straight, Kavanaugh, uh, Senator Michaela Kavanaugh uh, on the Nebraska legislature has been talking for three weeks straight over a bill that would restrict trans health care. She is a staunch ally and a mother of three, so she is definitely taking the term ally and fully running with it. And she has been quoted on saying that she would make it miserable for everyone else and burn the place to the ground if they want to infringe on trans people's rights. All right, really vociferous then. So uh, yeah, it, a three-week effort to to simply try and protect trans youth, that's that's allyship, I would say. That's just bringing attention to, to a head there as well. Uh, so that's stifling some of the, the forward momentum that other bills might have uh, gain traction on. We see a lot that are heading to governor's desks, uh, others that we think will be, you know, vetoed or things that might be pushed through again in, in Kentucky. I think there's uh, one that has um, a most likely a, an override from the, the governor, but then or a veto from the governor guaranteed, but uh, then they have the potential to override it. And that was one that they'd announced uh, while on a lunch break without turning on the microphones. Uh, there were only seven senators uh, on the Democratic side, and they wanted to proceed without letting them speak at all. And a common trend is that there isn't much speech happening from the Republican side. They don't put up any kind of debate or any forward uh, – they don't put forward any kind of uh, discussion on the floor for it. Restricting people from testifying at these hearings as well has been a common tactic. Um, so we see a lot of different people who are – uh, activists and and trying to be on uh, the scene. Uh, obviously, you're trying to make sure that these bills are heard about and broadcast uh, to wherever we can to make sure that people could be aware of them to show up if they can or at least express support. Is there any advice you might offer to these people who would show up for uh, testimonies or hearings and things like that? The biggest thing you can do is be educated on what you're talking about. The United States legal system can be complicated, especially when they're trying to be sneaky with wording and language. But being well educated on the bill that you are fighting against and f actually going out to fight against it, biggest thing you can do. Even by just showing up and being a silent support for someone else who is speaking, that is also acting out. So also taking that first step to really be an ally or to stand up for your own trans rights, it's the biggest thing you can do. Absolutely. And you can share these messages uh, that we're uh, putting forward here, this audio broadcast. Uh, we'll try and make sure that we've got transcripts so if you need to copy and paste to send any of your friends, if you're in one of those states or if you have friends that are in one of those states that might be affected by this. It's important that we remain educated and aware as things move forward. Is there any other news you'd like to report on just in general? Uh, good news, bad news, anything like that? 
I have no other news that I can think of. Appreciate your time and the effort you put in to put this together so we could present that. Uh, anything else you need from me? Uh, not that I can think of, no. No problem. You have a great weekend, okay? All right, you as well. Will do. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, if you like this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. More importantly, share with your friends. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penny. Research provided by Athena Kromakis. Music provided by Infraction titled Goodbye. Capturing narrative segment music and the music you hear now are produced by Athena Kromakis. This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to upload a podcast. Thank you for supporting this show. For more details about this episode, go to the description link below. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. Subscription for exclusive content available. Be sure to go to anchor.fm slash transnarrative. If you'd like to reach out to learn more, be a guest, or are looking to get involved with the show, email us at transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com. That's transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com.